Welcome, my friends, to Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat, the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about the peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up from them. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, and by the end of the show, we're going to find our sweet spot. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. Hey now, and how are you doing? I want to welcome you to the next episode of Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. I want to bring on this amazing guest, Ellie, who's a spiritual teacher, an intuitive, a business mentor, healer, speaker, author, and just overall amazing person. How are you doing today, Ellie? Hey, David. Thank you for this beautiful introduction. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Can't complain. So I know you work in a lot of different areas, and uh, what are some of the things that bring you peace and love? Mm, I would say there are three main things that really bring me back to that place of peace and love. One of them is listening to music. You know, it's interesting how music is, is frequency, and we are frequency. And so when I listen to a certain kind of music, it really brings me back to that place of peace. Um, meditating, of course, when my mind is not too scattered and I get to do a long meditation and I really get to that place of peace and love and then walking in nature. Yeah. Nature is always the grounding piece that we all search out for. So when you find your balance, um, we were talking a little bit before, uh, finding balance is one of the most important things that we can do for ourselves. Besides yeah. meditation, how do you balance all the things that you do and how do you suggest people can find the best balance for themselves? Mm, it's a good question because that balance is different for everyone. Um, I always come back to my body. I always come back to asking myself, what is it that I need? What is it that is right for me? Because I, I used to be a real people pleaser and then life taught me the hard way that I had to put myself first. (laughs) And so um, after a difficult experience, I really promised myself that I would always check in with myself. What do I need right now? Is this right for me right now? And am I not doing this for others? Am I really doing this for myself? Because I believe that when your cup is full and when you're taking care of yourself, that's how you can give your best to others. And so that balance, it, it changes. You know, I just had a baby six months ago. So now I'm trying to find the balance between being an entrepreneur, a wife, a friend, a mother. And I love my baby so much. I could give him everything. But I need to keep some of my energy for myself. So it's always coming back to what do I need right now? Am I okay to give more? And really just connecting with my body. And the more you do that... The more you take the time to have a deep breath and put your hand on your room and ask yourself, what do I need? Is it okay for me to do this? The more you feel it then um, in the instant, and then you don't even need to have that 5, 10, 20 seconds of pause to then feel where your balance is. Yeah, that's incredible is when you're really in tune with yourself, you can feel yourself much differently and feel the energy within you to get the right answers. And I, I know you're an intuitive, and it sounds like you've gone through a, a, a bunch of pro- products that have have taught you that, but it also allowed you to change the filters, right? The society tells us those aren't things, those, there's, no, there's nothing there. But once you start doing it enough, you actually start 
identifying that it is a real thing and not uh, just something that we can, you know, it, it's hokey. Uh, it, it's it's all real stuff. So you you had mentioned about that you had gone through a, a big change. Could you share that with us? Because we, what I do on the show, we call that a phoenix moment in that, yeah. uh, you know, how you rise from the ashes. So it was about, uh, how long ago was it now? Four years ago. I got married and um, I was turning 30 and I was having a great job in a bank. Uh, you know, I was really in the bank for a very prestigious career. Everything looked perfect on paper in my life, but I felt that something was off. And so I declined an offer that I received from the bank and I decided to take a month off and to go for yoga teacher training in India. Hmm. So I spent a beautiful month there in India, really spending time with myself. And there I realized that I was always really, really hard on myself. I remember it was the yoga class from 6 a.m. in the morning. And I was thinking, oh, great. Well, I'm going to be going back home and teaching yoga and it's going to be super fun. And then suddenly I had this voice in my head that said, oh, no way. Nobody's going to take you seriously as a yoga teacher you're way too big. You're way too fat. You need to lose at least 10, 15 pounds if you want to be taken seriously as a yoga teacher. And then, thank God, I had another voice that showed up and that that said, well, what's going on here? It's not your weights that's determining if you're a good or a bad teacher. It's your passion and what you teach your, your, your clients and the people that come to your classes. And so that day I realized that I had always been really hard on myself and didn't love myself. And so I made the promise to myself that I would start loving myself. But honestly, I had no idea how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I went back to my room and the only thing I thought of doing was to take my phone, turn it on, go on the Wi-Fi, go on Google and write how to love yourself. So it sounds ridiculous, but I really did that. And I had a few interesting answers. And which is really interesting is that as soon as I made that promise to myself, everything in my life that was not aligned anymore with that person that I had chosen to be uh, fell apart. So a few days later, I came back to Brussels, came back to my husband's. He picked me up at the airport. We go home. He's offering me a glass of wine to celebrate the fact that we're back together. And he's really not paying attention to everything that I'm saying. And then I'm asking him, what's, what's wrong? And he says, well, I have to talk to you right now or I will never do it. And basically, he told me that he wasn't in love with me and that he was leaving me. Mm. We were married for six months. Mm. So... That promise that I made to myself to love myself um, realigned me with something that was better for me, which is what, which was continuing my life without him because I didn't love myself, so I married someone who couldn't love me either. And uh, he he was he found someone else when I was away in India, and um, you know, well, that's another story. <laughs> But basically, I went through a whole period of um, having my whole life collapse. Mm -hmm. So divorcing, selling the apartment that we had bought together, leaving the bank and really being in that place of what now? 
I'm like starting from scratch. I can start over. And I took that really hard experience into an opportunity to rebuild myself with everything I actually desired. And I didn't give myself permission to do or to be before. And I created a method to heal myself, the self-healing spiral, and then wrote a book and started coaching women with that method. So it's really the phoenix that rises from the ashes because I took that whole um, yeah, challenge and difficult period of my life into an opportunity to serve others and make something beautiful out of it. Yeah, that's the most powerful part. How many people's stories you hear that it really goes to from the bottom of the ashes, the, how your world falls apart. But once you reconnected with yourself, I went through something very similar to that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's amazing that once you start identifying the self-love, because that was a question I had, I had been asked, do you love yourself? And I had to pause. I didn't mm -hmm. have an answer. And by doing that, obviously the answer, as I've mentioned before, was no. Uh, and I was like, wow, you know, when you really think of those questions and I can honestly say now through the process that I've gone through that, yeah, I do. And because of that, Great. I can make those different decisions. And that's how this podcast came up. That's sort of that bring a bat idea. Yes. It's not about being violent. It's about those non-negotiables and those boundaries. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and it's beautiful once you start loving yourself all the amazing things that then happen in your life because so many things like fell into places after that um just to give a bit of a happy ending of the story okay. <laughs> the day after i signed the paper of my divorce so a few months later after i came back from india the day after i signed that paper i was going to a birthday party and i really didn't want to go i was really tired going through a lot of emotions and I actually met my current husband at that party. <laughs> and obviously, you just mentioned that you have a yeah. young son, a six-month-old son. Exactly. So I'm guessing it's working out much better for you now that you're... Oh, yeah. 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 Well, it's oh, one of those yeah. things. I'm sure during that time of sadness, you might have been manifesting uh, a bunch of things. And that, that's sure. part of your, your practice and the part of the things that you do. Could you explain to us about really what manifesting is for you and how you use that in your life. So um, as an energy healer, I really see the world through energy, frequency, and vibration. And we create our world with our thoughts, yes, of course, but mostly we create our world with our energy, with our frequency. And so... For me, you manifest your life through the energy that you're putting out there, which means through who you are being. So what I teach my clients and most entrepreneurs that I work with is, all right, so you want to have a six-figure launch or you want to have a book that's going to be a New York Times bestseller. Who is that version of yourself? That next version of you that already has that success? How is he or she waking up in the morning? How is she dressing? How is she having her breakfast? How is she managing the amount of work that she has? What's the team that she has around her to support herself? Um, how is she taking care of herself? So really going through a whole identity shift of 
this is the version you are becoming. This is who you are now. And then starting with a 1% action. What, what is the 1% of that new version that you're going to bring into your life right now? Maybe it's doing a meditation every morning. Maybe it's having very healthy food for breakfast and lunch. Maybe it's hiring someone more on the team. And little by little, you then elevate your frequency and your energy, and then you become an energetical match for your desire, and then it manifests. That sounds awesome, and that's a great way to explain it. And I love the 1%. We talk about Kaizen, uh, which, which is a, a theory on if you change 1% of your life, by the end of the week, you have 5% change. And if you yeah. keep it, you can keep growing, and it's really unlimited Absolutely. growth. That's the part. It doesn't go, uh, yes, in a degrees of making a circle, you have 360. But the truth of the matter is, if you keep growing 1% a day in your life, your life will not be, it'll always be a growth. We should always be in growth model. Absolutely. Small steps are better. And it's also better for the, for the ego because your soul desires expansion. But your ego is really afraid of change. And so when you do small steps every day, then your ego can get used to it. And then there are long lasting changes. Whereas if you do like a drastic change, it's, you know, it's like people who lose weight when they lose weight very, very quickly, their personality doesn't have time to adapt to that new identity. So then they put on the weight back on. Mm -hmm. It's the same. Yep. No, uh, definitely. Yeah. And we, you know, one of you want to eliminate weight and uh, reduce it. That's always the way to do it is do it slowly and, and things like that. So is this all part of that spiritual healing spiral? This is all that 1% uh, among the, the many techniques that you might be using. So the 1% is, I would say it's more where it's more linked to the, the second book that I wrote, The Path of Femininity, which is more around embodying your divine feminine and create, creating sacred union within yourself to then manifest the life that you desire and, and live uh, your purpose. Um, but you could definitely apply that to, to the self-healing spiral, which is, yeah, a whole method to heal yourself. Well, uh, you know, as my, uh, my mentoring practice is called On the Path. So I'd love to hear a little bit about uh, that, this new book, this, The Path of Femininity. Yes. So The Path of Femininity is a book about the divine feminine. So the divine feminine is an energy that you have within yourself, that I have within myself. We all have that energy, like we have our divine masculine. And you've probably noticed, David, that a lot of people now are talking about the divine feminine, right? Mm. Yeah, we, we need to have a balance. And you know, one of our, my earlier guests, uh, Bradford Walton, uh, he also talked about how as masculine, it came from a masculine side, but we needed to embrace our femininity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's beautiful that men are also talking about it. And more and more people are aware that there is feminine and masculine energy and that we need to embrace our feminine energy. The feminine is rising. And that's great because we live in a world that is very masculine. So just to explain a bit the difference for, for the people listening to this episode, the masculine, it's the warm energy. It's the sun, it's the day, and it's that part of yourself that wants to do, to take action, to give to others, to take care of others, to have structures, to provide and protect. Mm -hmm. That feminine part of yourself, it's cold energy. 
It's the night. It's connected to the moon. It's that part of yourself that's reflecting, that's going inward, that's connecting with your desires, that's daydreaming, that's very intuitive, creative, that surrenders and really slows down. It's more about being rather than doing. And we live in a world that's very much doing. You have to do, you have to push, you set goals, and then you hustle, hustle to get there. Very masculine. But when you do too much, you are too much in that warm, masculine energy, which then in the end burns you out. (laughs) You know, it's very interesting how our language knows about this. We've known about it for a very long time. But we've forgotten that when we do too much, it's unhealthy. We burn ourselves out. So we need to bring more of that cold, emotional, intuitive, reflective energy in our lives to have that balance. And something else that's also very important is that the feminine is all about receiving because the masculine gives, so the feminine receives. And so if you have a business, even for a man, even for you, David, when you put your podcast out there or a product out there or you launch something, you want your clients to then take action and sign for your product or buy your products or listen to your podcast. So then you need to be in your receiving feminine energy to allow your clients to then take the masculine role because it's a balance. So for men, and especially men that have businesses, it's really important to take care of your feminine energy if you want to receive more abundance, more clients, and more opportunities. Because if you're always doing, 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 then you're not allowing the universe or your clients or all kinds of opportunities to then take action and come to you. Interesting, right? Yeah, no, that that's a great way of looking at it. And I always say, what messages can we receive because that's what it is. It's not just accept. Accept sometimes it could be thought of very negative, whereas receiving is kind and gentle and uh, a way to do that. Now, how did you become an intuitive? I mean, this is all incredible stuff. How did you, <laughs> or, or, or really, when did you notice that you, you were intuitive? I know we don't trust ourselves, so we're always an intuitive. You were born intuitive, as yeah. we all are. But when did you start embracing this? I would say that I've had some interesting experiences when I was um, a kid. We lived in a house where there were strange things happening. (laughs) It was definitely haunted. And my mom um, one day came with a guy who cleansed the house and everything. And I I was a kid. So I don't really remember exactly what happened. Um, but I remember waking up one day and I, and I felt something caressing my cheek and I opened my eyes and, and I saw something. And I remember sharing that story with friends and everyone was laughing at me. So it's really been, it's stayed for a very long time. It's like, yeah, Ellie and her stories of spirits, whatever. And then, yeah, they just made so much fun of me that I, I shut it down. Mm-hmm. because I thought it was ridiculous and not accepted. And I was still very much in my people pleaser years and wanted to be loved and to fit in. Sure. So I guess it really came back when I chose to love myself again. 
when I chose to just follow my heart and my heart made me quit the bank that I was working in and move to Canada, to Montreal, to do an energy healing study. So I went to a mystery school for a year, studied energy healing. Uh, it's a special kind of energy healing that comes from Egypt, from the pyramids of Egypt. And I had several um, very interesting uh, spiritual experiences during that year that reconnected me with my intuition, with my gifts. And then I just... Um, decided that I would stay open and kept meditating and had a sadhana, which is a spiritual practice every morning, to really take care of my energy field in order to receive more guidance and messages from, from my guides. And it's very interesting because in the introduction of, of my second book, The Path of Femininity, I share how this book came to me and... Basically, in a nutshell, I got woken up in the middle of the night at 4 a.m. by my guides, and they gave me the book. Yeah, no, it's incredible how when you when you're intuitive, there's times when you receive a message, when you put yourself open to receiving that message, that's where the magic happens. And you know, you don't know where it comes from, but it comes from you know that's where I'm a Reiki healer. And things like ah, that. Ah, you do Reiki as well. I, I do Reiki. And I wanted to ask you, so what is the name of the Egyptian healing? And the reason why I'm asking you, I do quantum code healing. And wow, beautiful. Yeah, which I never believed. At the beginning, <laughs> you know, when, it, when I first heard about it from my friend Robin, I had never heard about anything, and, but it all made sense. It was scientifically shown. And I'm always interested in all types of healing. So what yes. is the Egyptian healing that you, what's the name? It's called SEM, mm -hmm. S-A-I-M-E. Um, it's the, the healer who downloaded this, this healing modality is called Dolores Lamar. She lives in Quebec and uh, she only teaches in French. Mm -hmm. And so everything's online. So if you want to learn French, you could learn that modality. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I guess that's something else I'll put on my to-do list, but not to <laughs> yeah. overburn myself because we don't want to do that. Yeah, uh, we don't want to do too much. All right. No, it's just always interesting. Uh, all these, so many different ways of talking about energy. And that's the one part that's also really interesting across, again, when we talk about the Phoenix, there's stories about the Phoenix, not called always the Phoenix, but across all cultures, that talk about something coming, rising from an ashes, re being mm -hmm. rebirthed from itself. And that's the magic part about that the Egyptians years ago were talking about energy work that we're talking about today. And, yeah. you know, it, it kind of brings and it all home. When you do a divine feminine work, um, I call it the void. You call it the, the phoenix void. that rises from the ashes. And... Uh, um, a lot of, of shamans call it the void as well. It's really that period of you're in the dark womb of the great mother again. Everything is uncertain. And then you're rebirthing yourself. You're listening to Peace, Love, and Bring It Back with me, Uncle Dave, Dave Shemetsky. Well, we've been using a couple of R's. So one of the things I talk about is grounding and could you come up with a word that starts with R, like a, a favorite word? I guess we could say reliability. Mm. 
being able to rely on yourself, really trust your resourcefulness. That's another one with an R. Yeah, you'll see. It just automatically starts popping up. Once you, it's, it's again, one of those energetic things. Yeah. Once you start saying, okay, look for the red car, you start only seeing red Absolutely. cars. You see it everywhere. Yeah, yeah, because there are so many things around us. I mean, our conscious minds have to select what we consciously see and don't see. Otherwise, it's too much for our brains. Right. Yeah, and, and that's why I, I always have. I actually have now have a shirt line, a, t- a t-shirt line that uh, has. There's always an R in your heart, and I use some of the words R, uh, rise, resilience, respect, recovery, uh, and and things mm. like that. Nice, beautiful. Yeah. So on your path, so when you talk about the the, the path, how do you know to listen to your soul? Uh, so for somebody who doesn't want to say that they're intuitive, but how do you? How would you get somebody? to that point. Beautiful. So in my book, I explain how um, connecting with your feminine energy is going to reconnect you with your intuitive side because your feminine energy is that intuitive part of yourself. And connecting with your feminine energy is going to activate six gifts in you. And one of the gifts is the gift of intuition which is the ability to listen to your soul. And so what I teach my clients mostly is to first understand how your ego is talking to you and how your soul is talking to you. Because they talk to us in very, very different ways. They're very different energies and, and yeah, it's very different. So your ego is going to be um, that voice in your head that is always going to talk in you. You're not good enough. You did a bad job. Da, 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 da. As you heard, it's pretty judgmental as well. Um, it's going to talk in a very assertive way. You should do this. You should behave like that. You should wear this kind of outfit. You shouldn't do this. So it, it's talking in, in a very um, determined, assertive controlling, judgmental way because your soul has, your ego, sorry, has one purpose, which is to keep you safe. But your soul has another purpose, which is to expand and experience as many things as possible. So you have to let go of your soul's, your ego's purpose in order to connect with your soul's purpose of expansion and experience. And so once you are ready to let go of that sense of safety, because you realize that you are actually always safe, you then are able to listen to your soul much better. And your soul talks to you in very subtle ways. First of all, I don't like to say your soul talks to you because your intuition is going to be expressing itself in three different ways. You're going to feel it, hear it, or see it. And so you can have sensations in your body. For me, I'm mostly kinesthetic, so which means that I have a lot of sensations. And I'm going to feel that warmth or coldness, openness or restriction. So that's really a way that you can sense um, 
what your soul is saying to you. And you can, you can do that all the time. Your soul is always talking to you. Mm -hmm. If your ego is telling you, oh, you should do three posts a week on social media to have some visibility, but your soul is saying, no, no, this is not a line for you. This is going to drain you because you're more of an introvert. Then you can ask yourself, does this feel warm or cold, open or closed? And your soul is going to respond. If it feels warm, perfect, it's aligned. If it feels draining, constrictive, restrictive, then it's, it's not right for you. Um, if you hear your soul, you're going to notice that your soul is going to talk in I. And it's going to be very suggestive. What if I did this? What if I watched this video? What is, I listened to this podcast, I bought this book, and it's going to offer you actions in the present moment. It's going to invite you to do something right now, because it knows that that thing is going to lead you to more. But your ego is always going to think about tomorrow or the past. It's not in the present moment. So that's also a way to differentiating both of them. And your soul is going to talk in that very gentle way of what if you did that? What if you posted that message in that Facebook group? Um, and it's going to be like a whisper in the wind. It's going to be very subtle. Like you're going to hear it for a fraction of a second and then it's going to be gone. So if you're too busy doing, worrying, planning, and very much in your activities and ego-driven purposes, mm -hmm then you're not going to be able to hear in your soul. That's awesome. You need to have space to hear the whispers and to feel the very subtle energy. And um, yeah, I have, I have like so many crazy stories of uh, one that's really funny is um, I was in Los Angeles visiting my partner. So my now husband, we were doing one year long distance relationship and he was in LA for his work and he had to work the whole day. And then uh, he said, you can just visit LA and I'll see you tonight for dinner. I thought, well, great. I've never been to LA. I'd love to drive around the town. And I wanted to see, um, where do you live actually, David? I live in New York. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm so on the East coast. Side yeah. of the country. Yes. Okay. Have you ever been to LA? Yes, many times. Okay. So you see in LA, there's this very famous museum with all the lanterns, all the lights in front of it. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a place that's used in a lot of romantic movies. And of course, I'm a big romantic <laughs> person. So I thought I'm going to do a bit of like a movie tour of LA and go and see that museum and all the lanterns. And so I look it up on my phone and then I go in the car and because I was living in Canada at the time, I didn't have data in the US. So once I try to find it again on my phone, I can't find it because I don't have any data left. And I try to connect to the Wi-Fi of LA, but it's not working. And so I tried several times stopping on the side of the road. I drive through Beverly Hills. I look at all the beautiful houses <laughs> And then I try again to connect on my phone and it's not working. So after the third time, I'm like, you know what? I just give up. How bad can it be to just be in a beautiful city and just drive around and discover it? I know that our Airbnb is in Santa Monica, which is by the sea. So I'll just follow the sunset when it's time to go back home. Easy. <laughs> and so um, I'm driving around town and I have nothing left but my intuition. 
I go right, I go left. Oh, what if I went there? What if I went there? I see a beautiful red building with some lights. Oh, then I drive towards the building. And then I'm at the building and I feel like turning left because I told you I'm kinesthetic. So I feel in my body. Mm -hmm. I turn left. And of course, there I see that amazing museum with all the lanterns. Mm -hmm. I was blown away. Your intuition knows how to guide you to where you want to go, but you need to be relaxed and open to hearing it. Well, I think that's the catch. Yeah, that's an amazing story. That's the whole catch in life. If you're open to the possibilities, you never know where it can lead you. And that's an amazing story that it it brought you uh, to exactly where you wanted to go to. If you know LA, it's, such a big city and like going from Santa Monica to that music. I still don't know how I did it. Like if I had tried, it wouldn't have worked. Right. If I had tried to control it, it would never have worked. But because I surrendered, I was relaxed and I I allowed it and I was open to whatever messages. It it turned out perfectly. It was like, I I laughed for like 10 minutes, I think in front of that museum. I thought it was unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah, I, I love the words that you, you were just using about surrendering uh, to the universe. Yeah. And that's the hardest part because that's where the ego that you've been talking about uh, really yeah. attaches because anything you surrender, the ego has to let go uh, to the unknown, uh, which is really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, you also have a, uh, a podcast of your own, uh, the Sacred Roots Podcast. Yeah, I do. Yeah, how's the that going along? Roots, yeah. It's going really well. So again, that was another experience of surrendering because for a very long time, I thought, oh my God, I'm never going to do a podcast. It's so much work. Yes, I like to teach and I like to talk and people say I have a nice voice and people like my French accent, but still, I'll never do a podcast. But then the message keep coming, kept coming back and I kept seeing signs everywhere, random things like... I was invited to follow a Facebook group that was called Podcast Prosperity. And I was like, I don't even know these people. Why did they invite me in their group? Like, I kept seeing messages everywhere. And then I thought, okay, well, I'm going to start it then. And uh, it boomed really, really quickly. It's not even been a year. Uh, It's been nine months. And in those nine months, uh, I was pregnant and I gave birth. And so I didn't record any episodes for like four months. <laughs> so really, it's been four months <laughs> since I, I launched this podcast. And I already have about 3,000 downloads. Wow, that's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, you know, when things are aligned, it's, it's effortless. And that's, that's the feminine. It's really doing things when you're being called to, when you're f- following your intuition, when you're surrendering, and then everything is successful in an effortless way. It's it's really magical. Yep. Yeah, just letting go, letting <laughs> loose. Now I know we've taken up a, a bunch of your time. Uh, one of the things I always ask for everybody is, could you help us plant a seed? And that's just a piece of knowledge that maybe somebody is going to grow right now or they're going to think about in the future. So what's one of the seeds that you might have uh, in your business? Um, I would like to plant a seed to help you reconnect with your feminine energy. So I would invite you to create space in your life and to slow down. So you can create space by just physically creating space in your house because your house is really an extension of your energy field. And so if your house is cluttered, 
your mind, your energy is going to be cluttered. So you can clean your house by throwing away the clothes and the things that you don't use anymore. Or you can, can create space emotionally. What are the emotions, the anger, the resentment that you still have inside of you that you haven't expressed, that you haven't let go of? How can you create space there? Or you can create space uh, mentally by sitting in silence and meditating. Or you can create space spiritually by doing Reiki mm -hmm. and really clearing your energy field from all sorts of blockages or just clearing your energy field with sage or an incense that you like. And just by creating space and really taking care of yourself and, and slowing down in these activities, you're going to allow more things to come in your life and things that are more aligned. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. And thank you for this My time. Pleasure. Is there any other message before we go? Is there any other message you'd like to share with uh, the audience before we go? Um, I would just want to say that if you're interested in connecting with your feminine energy, well, you can grab my book, The Path of Femininity, The Six Gifts of Your Sovereignty. And on my website, I also have a quiz. It's eight questions. It's free and it's going to help you identify which of the feminine gifts you already have activated in you and which need a bit more attention. So that's going to give you a bit of an assessment of where you're at with your feminine energy and how you can embrace it and honor it more. Okay, that's awesome. And then we'll include that in the notes anyway uh, for, the, for the episode. Well, Beautiful. Thank you so much for your time, Ellie. Thank you, David. And I really appreciate it. And for everybody well, else, fun. we wish you to find some peace and love in your life. And when you need to bring a bat, just make sure you hit the sweet spot and hit it out of the park. Thanks a lot Absolutely. and have a great day. I'm really glad that you're enjoying our show. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios. Executive produced by David Chemetsky and George Andriopoulos. Music selections by James Grant, Zach Nelson, and James Gaither, and licensed through Storyblocks. Sound effects and sponsorship music licensed through Epidemic Sound. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is hosted with Podbean. Subscribe to our show wherever podcasts are available. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share with all of your friends. Follow us on Facebook at Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Follow me, Uncle Dave, Dave Shemetsky, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. You can find all those links and more info at davidshemetsky.com. For show ideas, feedback, guest inquiries, or just a chat, Reach out to me at peacelovebringabat at gmail.com. For sponsorship and media inquiries, reach out to peacelovebringabat at lp516.com. Make sure to follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Today's journey has come to a close, my friends. I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember that peace and love surrounds you and will assist you to rise again. But don't forget to bring a bat for what you believe in. Namaste.